Hi, it's Jeff, host of the podcast. Imagine a world where planning your books is as fun as writing them, where plotters plot in heroic harmony and pantsers organize without overwhelm. Here's the thing, that world exists. Plotters and pantsers alike love the visual outlining and story Bible software Plotter, now available both online and as a web app. Named the number one outlining app for productivity by Kindlepreneur, Plotter turns outlining and organizing your books into the creative process it's supposed to Visit plotter.com slash rw today. That's p-l-o-t-t-r dot com slash rw today. And experience the difference yourself. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is best-selling fantasy writer R.A. Salvatore. Salvatore's latest book is The Tao of Dritz a handsome gift book that compiles the journal writings of Salvatore's popular fantasy character, the drow elf, Dritz de Orden. Salvatore is a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author. He is one of fantasy literature's most successful authors, having sold more than 30 million copies of his novels. Salvatore's most recent original hardcover, The Two Swords, Book Three of the Hunter Blades Trilogy, Debuted at number one on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list and number four on the New York Times bestseller list. And I realize that that's not his latest, but that's one of his accomplishments. And Salvatore's first novel, The Crystal Shard, from TSR in 1988, became the first volume of the acclaimed Icewind Dale trilogy and introduced the enormously popular character, the drow elf Dritz Deward. Publishers Weekly wrote about one of Salvatore's previous novels. Magnificently detailed sword plate scenes and gruesome enemies continue to mark Salvatore as a top author of fantasy adventure. R.A., welcome to the podcast. Yeah, call me Bob. <laughs> Happy to be here. Okay, Bob. Well, if someone listening hasn't yet heard about your new book, The Tao of Dritz, how would you describe the book? Well, as you said, it's an of the essays. What happened was I had written a trilogy about these characters, and then the company wanted me to go back and show where this one character, Driss, had come from. So I was thinking I would write the book in first person, but then I realized that it wouldn't work very well for the battle scenes that I liked. So as a compromise, I began each section with like a journal entry, as if Dritz writing to the world. It wouldn't work doing first person anyway, because he was born in the book and baby's first person works. So Anyway, <laughs> um, it, it, became, it became kind of a, a thing in the books where every, I always break the, the Legend of Dritz books up into three, four, or five sections, clearly defined section breaks. And the beginning of each section break has, I put in an essay by Dritz. And I even went back and put them in the original three books. They weren't there when those first came out. So over the years with 30, now 39 coming next year, um, Dritz books, you know, that's, we have well over a hundred um, essays uh, by the Dark Elf. So I put them all together in one book. And it was interesting because these aren't necessarily related to the books. I mean, they are off to the side, but it's more, more Dritz musing about his thoughts on life and death and 
friendship and loyalty and the society he came from and the society he joined and his friends. And, and so they're, they're more of a universal kind of, um, you know, constants in, in our, in the life of a person. And it's interesting because putting them together this way, you get to see, I think, the development of the character more clearly than I even realized because I've been writing the books for 35 years. Uh, But that's what this is. It's like like a little tabletop pseudo-philosophical musings of of a dark elf. And and I'm curious, was this an idea that you had for this project, this book, or was it something your publisher suggested? Oh, I've been getting asked for this for many, many years. Um, people are always ask me, are you going to put all of the all of the essays in one book? Now's the time to do it. It wasn't the time before this, but now's the time. Got it. Well, I know that you've been writing about Dritz for years, and you obviously enjoyed the character. Why do you think Dritz resonated so much with readers? Well, for a bunch of reasons. First, he always tries to do the right thing. He's a hero in his heart. In addition to being, you know, a badass with swords, he's a hero. He's, he's actually a hero. Um, you don't see that a lot. I mean, that sounds ridiculous, but you don't see that in a lot of books where the, the hero turns out just to be the guy who has the biggest gun or the biggest sword, whatever. Um, it seemed to be a big trend going on with the gritty heroes who really are kind of dirty, trash people, but they're heroes because they they can win a fight. Driss isn't like that. He's an actual hero who tries to do the right and I think that's part of it. I think that the buddy fantasy aspect, like Fritz Eber used to do, you know, where he's got this group of friends that you would love to be a part of that band. At least I would. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's part of it. Uh, I think that, you know, he's a misunderstood hero. He's the other in the society he goes to. Where people are looking at him from afar, mm-hmm. making judgments on him before he even opens his mouth. So especially like when I, the fantasy was mostly read by high school, college, what person of that age doesn't feel misunderstood or like an outcast? So I think there's a, there's a lot of universality to the character who happens to be an elf, but he's a lot of human too. That's great. Well, I'm wondering, can you take us back to your very first novel, The Crystal Shard, when you introduced Dritz? How did you end up writing The Crystal Shard? Had you submitted previous stories or novels to TSR before that? Um, I, I wrote a book in 1982-83 called Echoes of the Fourth Magic, and I sent it around and got some rejection letters uh, to TSR at that time. But I got some rejection letters, and uh, but, I, but one agent called me back and said, look, don't quit this talent here. I'm going to tell you why this book, I can't represent you right now, but I... But, you know, somebody gave me a copy of this and I can tell you why you're you're not able to sell it. My sister's friend had basically stolen one of my manuscripts and gave it to her boss who gave it to this agent. Um, And and so this agent kept me on the phone and encouraged me to keep going, to work on some things. And I was mad because I I mean, I had never, I never even thought I'd be a published author. I didn't write the book to be published. I wrote just because I ran out of books to read in fantasy back then. And um, so I, I just kept working on it. And then when I had it ready to go again, you know, now I had a couple of kids and I was working at a good job and building a career. I said, I'm going to send it back out. This was 1987. And one of the places I sent it was TSR. 
And I sent it to them because in the writer's market, I think at that time it was twice a year that would come out, said that they would accept unsolicited manuscripts. So I sent it there and they asked me if we could send it in their world and we couldn't. I didn't even know what their world was, but when they told me Apples of the Fourth Magic would not have fit. But they liked my writing style and asked me to audition. And so I had to give them, they sent me like the first book that hadn't come out yet, but they sent me the, actually it was already printed, the Doug Niles book, Dark Warfare and Moonshay. And I read it and I came up with a story and I, I, I had to come up, I had to come up with a synopsis, a sample chapter. Uh, that's all they needed, a synopsis and a sample chapter. And I did that and I won the audition to do the Crystal Show. And I got a phone call in July, 1987, saying I got good news and bad news. The, the good news is you won the audition for the second realms book. And the bad news is I needed October 1st. <laughs> and, and so what was that experience of writing that quickly? Uh, it was kind of insane. And I was working a full day, eight and a half hour day, an hour from home. I had a three-year-old and a two-year-old and my wife was seven months pregnant. We had to get a new apartment. We had to get a new car because um, you can't put three car seats in the back of a Mustang GT. And it was kind of crazy. But, you know, <laughs> I, by that point, I had decided I wanted. So I just got home from work, put the kids to bed, and I went to work. That's great. Well, I'm curious. Do you remember what that agent said about Echoes of the Fourth Magic as to why it wouldn't sell? Uh, not really, other than I wasn't, let me see if I can think of some of the things that she was saying. She wanted that some of the characters weren't developed enough, mm -hmm. and the story had too little dialogue, I think, too much prose. Uh, at that point, no, there was some, I think there was something about the voice of the main character wasn't coming through enough. I, I'm that was a long time ago. <laughs> sure, sure. Of course. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm curious, when you were writing The Crystal Shard, do you remember what you had in mind when you first introduced Dritz? Oh, he was just someone I had to put in the book to replace a character from Doug's book that I couldn't use because I thought they wanted to do it like Dragonlance where people were using the same characters. I didn't really want to do that, so I was using one of Doug's characters just to show my hero was supposed to be Wolfgar. But then when I found out the realms weren't just these moonshade isles, these little islands, they sent me the actual maps. We sent the book thousands of miles away, and I had to come up with Dritz off the top of my head on the phone call. 
And so just the sidekick character, I was thinking, you know, Fafford Mouser type of thing mm-hmm. with the big barbarian and kind of the, the little sidekick. And then um, I started writing the book and the first scene I had Dritz running, running across the tundra and he gets tackled by a yeti and he's in real trouble until the dwarf saves him. And I realized then this wasn't Wolfgar's book, it was Dritz because this guy's bottom was raised that's great. And I'm curious. I'm not a plotter. You have to understand that. So, like, I don't really know who the characters are when I put them in the book. I kind of meet them as the reader meets them. If that makes sense. Yeah, it I does. I know the role they're going to play, but I don't know who they are until they show me. And I'm curious, before that, had you played Dungeons and Dragons? Was you, were you familiar with um, Dragonlance and their, their line of fiction? Oh, yeah. I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons since 1980. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fell in love with the game. That was my creative outlet. I was doing like working in payroll and working at the nightclubs as a bouncer and things. That was my creative outlet. So I knew the game. I really hadn't read a lot of Dragonlance, just the, the earlier books. Um, but I knew that this company out in Wisconsin was making, when I looked at the writer's market and I looked at the bestseller list, I, I knew that they were legit and they were making some big inroads into the fantasy and again i said that the several places but back then a lot of publishers well i guess it's still true now but the world's changed so much in terms of publishing back then a, a lot of publishers would not even look at a manuscript that wasn't sent by an agent right so i did have an agent sending around the book but i had already sent it before i got the agent got it well who told me not to take the deal from tsa <laughs> I guess you're glad you ignored that advice. Um, I ignored that advice. Yeah. Well, in addition to the your latest book, The Tao of Dritz, which we've been discussing, um, was your latest novel Glacier's Edge? Is yes. that correct? Glacier's Edge came out in August. The Tao of Dritz came out really as kind of a Christmas book, even though it's out now. That's what they do at Christmas books. And they put it out because... Um, you know, you put it out in September, you try because it's really a gift book. This sure. is for people who, if you know someone that really is into the Dritz books or, and it's also for people who used to be into the Dritz books, but not anymore. Because there's, you, there's no, you're not going to get lost reading it, just reading the essays. So it's, it's more of a gift book. Glacier's Edge is the continuation of the story of Dritz and his friends and enemies. Sure. Um, I'm curious, what's next for you after Glacier's Edge? More Dritz novels? Uh, the next one will be the last in the way of the drow, which is the newest trilogy. It's called, it's called Loth's Warrior, and it's coming out next summer. And um, but I'm also back in my Demon Wars world, where I've written 14 books and counting. And I, I just a follow-up to the Coven's trilogy, where um, the, logical, the logical continuation forced me to write about pirates, which is a blast, so... <laughs> well, well, I'm curious, given your success as a fantasy novelist, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories or novels? Well, the first advice I give anyone that tells me they want to be a writer is if you can, if you can quit. And if you can't quit, you're a writer because it's a curse as much as a blessing. You're not going to be happy unless you're writing. That's my belief. And it's, you know, writing's how I make sense of the world. So I always tell them, you know, the journey, the writing is more important than the goal. Sure, you want to get published. The writing the books is the part you should be savoring. 
because you're it's, it's letting you make sense of the world. And if that's not the case, then the, if you're doing it just to be a published author, you're probably going to get chewed real quick in this business because it's forget. Um, the other thing I would tell people is character is more important to plot than plot. That's the uh, the advice that was given to me by Robert Cormier right back when I got my first rejection letters. Uh, Bob was from my hometown, and he told me I called him up because I had his phone number because it was in I Am the Cheese. The movie I Am the Cheese was a actual phone number at that time. So I called him up, and, <laughs> and he kept me on the phone for like two hours, and he told me the character was more important than why. And I lived by that in my writing. So what I do is I come up with a world, I come up with a story, and then I come up with a character. And then characters, as I go along, I let them show me the world through their eyes when I'm right. And I'm on an adventure when I'm doing it. That's great. Well, what books have you read recently that you enjoyed, either fiction or nonfiction? Oh, I just read Aaron Evans' Empire of Exiles. It was, was fabulous. As usual, Aaron's always great. Um, I, I'm reading, I just started again. I had started it and they had to put it down. Evan Winter's Rage of Dragons. It's phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal. Uh, Evan also did the forward for Dow of Drift. Um, and he was kind enough to talk to me when I was writing Starlight Enclave and show me some perspectives that I might not have uh, in creating a new Dark Elf society. Uh, so Aaron, Aaron's book, Evan's book, I've got the Shannon Chakraborty's books in the queue for after that. And the second book, um, Daughter of Darkness, just came out. I'm, do I'm doing my last book signing for a long time with Terry Brooks in Boston. And Child of Light was the one I read and quoted. And Terry's doing some really nice work away from Shannara. I haven't read Daughter of Darkness yet, but I recommend the first one. That's great. And I actually interviewed Evan Winter on the podcast. So if someone wants to go back and listen to it, he's he's definitely a good writer. Well, uh, I'm curious, where can people find you online if they're interested in learning more about you and your new book, The Tao of Dritz? Well, there's three places, um, four actually, but there's um, bizarresalvatore.com, which isn't my site. It's run by a guy created it many, many years ago, and I just let him keep the URL. He offered me the URL for nothing, and I said keep because he was doing a nice site. But that site's not really that active anymore. I'm on Facebook at capital R, capital A, Salvatore, not small a, and capital A. That's my Facebook pro page. And I'm on Twitter at R underscore A, R underscore A, Discord Salvatore. And then if anyone's interested in buying the books or when getting signed copies or whatever, my wife has an online online store named rasalvastore.com. <laughs> that was my joke, my dad joke that they all laughed at me and grunt groaned and told me it was stupid, then used it. So yeah, people can go there and they can buy books. They can buy them and you can get them signed, you can get personalized. So like if you you knew a Dritz fan and you wanted to give him the Dow of Dritz as a Christmas present, you could say, happy birthday, Fred, you know, and or whatever. Great. Uh, but yeah, that's how they can find me. Well, again, we've been speaking with Bob R.A. Salvatore, best-selling fantasy writer and author of the new book, The Dow of Dritz. 
The gift book is on sale now, so go buy a copy for the fantasy fan in your life. And Bob, thanks for doing this interview. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.